Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I want to go to Tonto. Yeah. I love this. This is amazing. Oh, that's all right. Oh, there's something wrong with the uh, the starter. I have no idea where to even begin. Oh my god! The choke. It's because it's a. Sorry. Oh my god. Sorry. It was a it was a good try. Hey guys, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. It's Vanderpump Rules Reunion Week Part Two. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's delivering. I love part one, I love part two, and I can't wait for part three. My favorite my favorite part, though, of part two of the reunion was that Romeo Michelle moment where Andy and Tom, they got in the motorcycle with the sidecar, and then every time they started it, it would stop. <laughs> so it was exactly like that scene from Romeo and Michelle when they're going to Tucson, and they're like, watch out, Tucson, here we come. And then they start the car, and Footloose plays, and then it just stops. <laughs> it was exactly that scene. It was a real-life version of that. I mean, truly, like, you can't script a lot of this stuff. Although somebody did script that. But, <laughs> watch out, Tucson. Watch out, Tom, Tom. Here we come. And then they start it. <laughs> then it would stop. Oh, you guys, I loved it. I loved it. And I don't know what it is. Like, last week, the reunion was very volatile. And I still thought it was thrilling, but I think it might have, like, spilled over into my real life because I've having a lot of anxiety this week. I had... I hadn't slept a lot. I've been working a lot. And there's just been, I don't know, a lot. I've been going through it. I've been on the brim. I am on the brim. I am on the brim of freaking out all week. And I had a moment the other day where I was just kind of freaking out. I was not, that my anxiety was out of control. And then also I was exhausted. You know, when it's like a bad mix of those things. And look, I know people have it much worse, but I was like, I need to go. I didn't want to take it out and mat in the house, you know, so I, I got in my car to drive to the corner. Just like people do that, right? Like I just got in the car and I was like, I'm just going to drive to the corner. I didn't even know where I was going, but I needed to get some emotions out. So I, of course, like I get in the car, I drive to the corner and then I just scream in my car as one does <laughs> <Just> scream. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll scream into a pillow and other times I'll just drive to the corner and scream. But so I screamed and I was just totally on the brim. It had to do with some work stress, some anxiety, like all of it kind of combined. So I scream in the car, and then I thought, I'm going to call my mom, because usually when I talk to my mom, she's able to calm me down, you know? And I didn't want to take it out on anyone else, and God bless my mom, she's a gem of a human. So I called her, but she happened to be at the grocery store when I called, so she was like at the deli counter, and it just made things ten times worse, because I was like trying to explain this like this work stress I had, and then I was, you know, everything that was going on, and I'm like telling her, and as I'm telling her, she's like, Ma'am, can I get some Genoa salami? Do you have any Genoa? Genoa? <laughs> and she'd be like, hold on, Dan, hold on. I need some a sliced thin, a half a pound of Genoa salami. Oh, you don't have Genoa? You don't have any of the Genoa? Then I guess I'll just, what's your next level up of salami? I'll just take the next one. You know, the next one down after Genoa. You don't have any Genoa? Just give me the next best salami. <laughs> 
Hold on, Dan. I'm just getting some salami. I just need to get some salami. Just a half a pound. Okay, Dan, what do you need now? Anything? What can I do? Are you? What can I do you for? Are you doing okay? And I'm like, Mom, you know, I'm just having a really bad day. Really, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. She's like, hold on one second. Yeah, and I'll take a three-fourths of a pound of ham. I just need a little ham. Yeah, three-quarters of a pound would be great sliced thin. You know what? Can I try it first? I'll just, can you just slice me one thin and I'll try it? So just, Dan, hold on a second. I'm just going to try the ham. Just want to see how they slice it. I don't know if it's going to be too thin. Don't know if the ham's going to be too thin. Hold on one second, Dan. I'm uh, sorry you're stressed, but I got to get this ham. I'm like, okay. So I'm waiting on the phone. I'm waiting on the other line for her to get her ham. Then, you know, she's like, okay, Dan, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm like, you know, well, this happened, and I didn't want to take it out on Matt. I'm just feeling like very overwhelmed with work and blah, blah, blah. And then my mom goes, oh, you know what? This ham is perfect. This ham is perfect. I'll take just slice, just like that. You know, my mom's completely ignoring me talking about the ham. And she's like, you know what? I mean, I'm going to get some Munster cheese, too. Just things, uh, you know, half a pound of Munster cheese. And I would like it sliced, you know, medium, medium to thin, medium to thin. Dan, hold on a second. I'm just going to get some Munster cheese. And I'm like fuming on the other end. It's just like making me even more upset, more anxious. I'm like, I got off the phone with my mother and I screamed even louder into the ethers. <laughs> and like, as I'm, I'm so upset, I'm like losing my, I'm losing control. And I eventually got off the phone with my mother so she could get her fucking Genoa salami. But I got off the phone and then it was like, I was, to- I was, on- I was past the brim. I was over the brim. I was on, I was past the brim. The brim has long been gone. And, so I'm just truly losing it. And then my Apple Watch goes off and it tells me like I hadn't, I needed to stand or something like that. <laughs> I threw my fucking Apple Watch, you guys. I threw it. I'm not, I'm not proud of this behavior, you guys. I'm living my truth, but I'm totally not proud of this. But I threw my Apple Watch across the car, broke it, shattered it, the watch. <laughs> I didn't take it into Apple yet, but as soon as I do, they're going to say, what's wrong? And I'm going to say, my mom was, you know, talking about Genoa salami and I threw the Apple Watch across the car. <laughs> I was on the brim, and I, I threw the Apple Watch. It broke into pieces. That's what happened. But I was so upset. It's like, I don't need a fucking reminder from my watch that I need to stand or exercise. Like, God damn it. You know, stop telling me what to do, you fucking watch. Oh, my God. I hate when it tells me to breathe. Like, you, it's time to breathe. Like, fuck off. I'm breathing all day. Like, I don't need you to tell me to breathe. Like, no shit, I should breathe. I say that as someone who does breathing exercises at the end of his podcast every episode, but... <laughs> Oh, but you guys have been on the brim. And I think, honestly, like, I've been trying to think about what it is. And I think the Vanderpump Rules volatile nature of that reunion part one has just spilled over into my personal life. I think that's probably what it is. And it's been so divisive. Like, I didn't realize on social media, like, the amount of messages I get about the Vanderpump Rules reunion. And when I post a Vanderpump meme, I posted something. People are feeling so one way or another, like some people are team Britney, some people are team Raquel, and I'm shocked by how many people are team like James and Raquel. I mean, Raquel came out there and she was talking about being a beauty queen and stuff, and yet still so many people are on her side, which I respect. But, you know, Raquel came out in those fucking ruffles and just, I'm sorry, I'm a beauty queen, I'm a beauty queen, and you're all probably upset that I'm a beauty queen. (laughs) But I was on her side too. I mean, Britney was very aggressive last week. She was very aggressive. And I commented that her eyebrows are to the high heavens. And a lot of people told me it's from the Botox, which I didn't know. Learn something new every day. Apparently, it's fresh Botox. So that's allegedly what it is. I mean, she looked beautiful. Her makeup was stunning. I just thought the eyebrows were high. They were high. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get into the episode. We open with James fighting with everyone. 
and Sandoval, Thomas Sandoval, says they all said shit about Raquel. And then Brittany chimes in. Right. Here's the thing is that Jax talks about his girlfriend, so he talks about Jackson's girlfriend. I don't care. I don't care. It's talking about my family, Tom. It's my family. family. He's talking about my family, Tom. He's talking about my family. And she, you know, she's really aggressive. Like, I've never seen Brittany this way. She's, she, he was talking about my family, Tom. He called us hillbillies talking about my family. And first of all, none of the Bravo celebrities know how to say family. We heard from Dorinda last week in Real Houses in New York. We know Caroline Manzo, but now Brittany. They all say family. <laughs> they, all, they all add a B. There's no B in family. I just want to point that out. They're all adding a B. Is he talking about my family, Tom? And then Dorinda said it in her drunken speech last night. Friend of the family. Friend of the family. Uh, you know, she was drunk on Real Houses in New York. And then Caroline Manzo, of course, famously said, uh, no one talks about my family or something. I, you know, I can't do a Caroline Manzo. But the point is, they all had a B. And so I hereby ask, call to Webster Dictionary to add a B to family. We're all saying family now. <laughs> family. But Tom, he sticks up for it. He's like, look, you all said stuff about Raquel and James, so like, it's okay that he said something back to you. And then they all say, Tom, you look dumb. Katie says, Tom, you look dumb. And I thought, actually, I think it's everyone else that looks dumb. I think Tom is the only one who looks intelligent on that stage. Tom and Ariana, who are sort of sticking up for James and Raquel, which I don't even know that they're sticking up for them. I think they're just saying, look, it's okay for them to say something about you guys, because you guys are saying something about them. And so... When everyone else on the stage is saying, Tom, you look dumb, I'm thinking, actually, I think Tom's the only one who looks like he has some sense here. <laughs> I like really fell for Tom Sandoval this episode. I was like, he's really the only one in my eyes who seemed to make any sense. And then Brittany says, you're his best man, Tom. You're his best man. And those fuckers are going to be hanging it over his head forever. I mean, this wedding, they're going to be hanging that over Tom and Ariana's head forever. And it's like, that's not how weddings work. I think we talked about that last week. Just because you ask someone to be your best man doesn't mean you're allowed to just make them agree with you or expect them to agree with you. So they're all arguing. Brittany's a with my family. All you do is talk about me all the time. Oh, come on, Jax. Guys. Guys. Yeah, but dude, I'm embarrassed, Tom, you're his best man. Stop. Hold on. You're his best man, Tom. Talked about my family. He talked about my family, Tom. <laughs> I am on the brim. Brittany was past the brim, too. I get it. We've all been there, Britt. I mean, she was just not, I don't know, this was like a new Britney, I thought, this reunion. A totally brand new Britney. Brand new eyebrows, brand new everything, brand new attitude. And look, I didn't hate it. I thought it was actually very fun to see this side of Britney. But Andy eventually has to say, guys, shut the fuck up. I like when Andy just has to say, shut the fuck up. Look, you all need to shut the fuck up. He's like, enough. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. And so while this is happening, Jack says, Bo's going to take Tom's spot at the wedding. Like, they all walk off stage for the break, and Jack's like, Bo's going to take your spot. And, like, if I was Tom, I'd be like, okay, good. Like, I don't have to be in a fucking wedding. Who wants to be in a fucking wedding? I hate being in weddings. It's, like, uh, just a pain in the ass. You got to get fitted for suits. Like, I'd rather just go to your wedding. Don't make me be in it. I told my, my best friend, Jill, I told her, she's my last wedding. And I love her, and I'm excited for hers. But, like, you don't, people don't want to be in other weddings. So... If I was Tom, I'd be like, thanks for doing me that favor. I don't want to be in the fucking wedding. <laughs> also, Jax had his bachelor party, one of them this weekend or this past week, and Tom wasn't there, apparently, according to social media. And that leads me to believe, like, did this, did they officially break up? Like, I don't, I think they officially broke up. I think they officially broke up in terms of best men. So I wish, you know, wow, Bethany, wow. 
Then, during this little break, James breaks down to Lisa. And I'm very surprised, and actually sort of, I found it refreshing that Lisa's still on James's side, and I don't know why. I can, I know James has said and done some awful things, but for some reason I'm finding myself a little bit on his side. You know, he said the worst things, the worst things. He called Britney's family hillbillies. He said all of them are hillbillies. Talk about my family! <laughs> he talked about her family! Anyway, he did. And yet, I don't get it. Look, I don't know what my feelings. I don't understand them. Just like when I was a teenage boy looking at uh, posters of Ryan Phillippe or pictures of Ryan Phillippe, I didn't understand my feelings. I had a poster of Jennifer Love Hewitt on my wall from I Know What You Did Last Summer. I was so confused, you guys. I had that I Know What You Did Last Summer poster on my wall, and it had Jennifer Love Hewitt in the front and Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prince Jr. in the back and Sarah, Je- Sarah Michelle Geller on the side. I didn't know who to look at. I thought I was attracted to Jennifer Love Hewitt, but it turns out I was into Ryan Phillippe. Who knew? Anyway, I was just as confused watching this reunion because I find myself on Team James, and I don't know why. Then we see a little backstage, and everyone's yelling at Tom. Thomas Sandoval. I'm going to start calling him Thomas. Thomas Sandoval's everyone yelling at him, and I thought, I, I am on Tom's side for this one, you guys. I'm loving Tom this reunion. I think he's coming out of it looking like a star, a true star. I mean, he's always been a star, but I feel like Tom is the one who's really coming out of this looking like a gem. And same with Ariana. I think the two of them, they seem to be the only ones on that stage with any sense. And I don't think, again, that they're sticking up for James. I think they're just kind of calling it out how they see it, which I like. And Jax is dangling this wedding in front of Tom's head. Don't like that. Then Lisa brings out the dog, which is not Jiggy. I said last week mistakenly that it was Jiggy. It's not. It's one of the other ones. Either way, I don't think they should have to be doing reunions. I don't think these cast members want to be doing reunions, let alone the dogs. But yet they're all out here doing the reunions. The dogs don't need to be here. Then they all come back to the stage. And as they're getting back to the stage, Jack says, and people say our show's not real. Now, I do agree with this. I think these people are real. And I do think they're all real friends in real life. And I think this is how they would be with or without cameras. I knew. Then Andy says to Jax, how have you changed? Jax says, I approach things differently. Everyone gives him a side eye. Every single one on that stage just looks at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure, Jax? Are you sure? You guys, when I was a kid, let's take a little detour. When I was a kid, we went to Florida. My family went on a trip to Universal Studios and Disney, you know. So we go to Universal Studios, and I'm like maybe eight years old, eight, nine, ten, around there. I was young. My older brother, Brian, he was three years older than me. So he was just a few years older than me. And then my oldest brother, Gary, he was with us, but this isn't about him. <laughs> but so we go to Universal Studios, and we get asked to do one of those like TV shows for Nickelodeon. You know, Nickelodeon was part of Universal Studios. So it was like a Nickelodeon show, Nickelodeon-esque game show. It wasn't on. It was like a pilot for a game show that didn't end up airing. But so we get in the studio and we're watching it and they call my brother Brian and I up to stage. So there's like 10 kids that they call up to stage to compete in this Nickelodeon game show. And the host, you know, remember those hosts? Do you remember like Legends of the Hidden Temple? It was like that guy. I don't remember his name, but it was like a Mark Summers, like, you know, a very basic white guy that had a lot of energy. Like, that's how I describe those hosts. Like, very basic, lots of energy, very white. That was who this guy was. Let's say his name was like Doug. I bet it was Doug. Don't know that for sure, but it was probably Doug. So the host is going around. There's 10 kids on stage, including my brother and I. They line us up in a row. Now the host, he's trying to introduce every one of the children, but there's 10 of us, roughly. 
So he's trying to introduce these 10 kids and get their names. So he's going around very quickly because he has to get to the game. So he's going around to all the kids. He does one kid, one kid's like John, Emily, Barbara, you know, whatever their names are. He's going around and he's putting the microphone in their faces and he's saying, tell us your name and then we'll move on. So Doug, the host, he goes around, he's, you know, goes to the little girl. She says, Emily, he goes to, right to the little boy. He says, Billy goes around. He's going very fast. He's going very fast because he's got to get to the rules of the game. So Doug gets to me and I don't know what came over me. I was a very young kid. I don't know what came over me, but I said, he said, what's your name? And I say, Brian, which is not my name. You guys, it's not <laughs> it's a surprise. It's not my name. He go. He puts the microphone right in my face in front of everyone, a whole studio audience. He says, "What's your name?" I say, "Brian." I don't know what came over me, you guys. Like, I don't know why I said that. That's my brother's name. That's my brother's name. I said, "Brian." He put it right in my face in front of the whole fucking studio audience. I said, "Brian." Then my brother Brian is next. Now my brother Brian's like a few years older than me, but in his head he hears me say Brian, so he gets so. <laughs> gets so fucking confused. (laughs) He's just sitting there like with the look on his face, like, what the fuck do I say? Like, what am I supposed to say now? He took my name. (laughs) And he, Brian had the sense to know. It's like, we look like brothers. I mean, my brother, people thought we were twins when we were younger, even though he's three years older. But he had the good sense to know that like, if he says Brian, the host is going to be like, well, what the fuck? Your parents named you both Brian? (laughs) Like, that's fucking crazy. So my brother... He didn't know what to do, so he, the microphone, the Doug, the host, gets to the microphone to my brother Brian real quick, and he's like, what's your name? And my brother Brian freezes. He freezes. He gets, you know, doesn't know what the fuck to say. He think, He's sitting there thinking, well, Danny just took my name. Can't say Brian. So then he sits, he pauses, and he's like, uh, 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 and then he finally, after a good 20 seconds, like he's not nervous to be on the microphone or anything. He was just nervous because I took his fucking name. So then on the microphone, he just goes, uh, 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 20, maybe 25 seconds go by. And he finally says, Danny. It took him a real long time to get Danny out. And then the host, Doug, like such an asshole, he goes, uh, are you sure? And then puts the microphone back, back in my brother's face. Uh, are you sure? Like, first of all, a lot to unpack here. First of all, that host, Doug, what an asshole. You know, my brother was a young kid. What a dick. <laughs> Calling him out in front of everyone. Also, Doug was quick on his feet to say that because Brian didn't know the name. But I laughed so hard. So I'm next to my brother just laughing. I see my parents and my brother Gary in the audience laughing. We have it all on tape. I got to find the video because, like, the host just making fun of my brother is one of those all time moments. Like, uh, are you sure? My poor brother looked like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, but it was good. It was good. What were we even talking about? How did I get there? I don't even know how I got there. Okay, so back on the reunion stage, Tom says his concern for Brittany and Jax is what makes him a friend. He said he's calling them out because he's a friend. He's not letting everything slide because he's trying to be a friend to them. And he's right. That's what a friend should do. If you're acting like an asshole, a friend should call you out. That's exactly what they should do. Again, Team Sandy. Team Thomas. <laughs> then Jack says, best man, by the way. He's like saying it to the cameras and to everyone else on stage. Best man, by the way. Again, enough. Enough. Taylor Armstrong, enough with that best man shit. If I was Tom, I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to be your fucking best man anymore. If you say that one more goddamn time, I'm done. I'm done. Then LVP says, Brittany's the best person who will put up with Jax's crap. 
And that's an accurate statement, I believe. So, look, I was on Lisa's side here because I thought Lisa seemed to be a voice of reason. And then I don't know if I misheard this, so please forgive me if I misheard this. But Lisa said something along the lines of that Jax was a victim of faith. Did you guys hear that? Maybe I heard it wrong. Look, I'm sorry. This was something I had streamed, and this was a moment where the stream cut out, and I thought, what the fuck just happened? I kept trying to rewind it, but it kept cutting out, and I thought, am I missing it? Did she just say that Jax was a victim of faith? Again, apologies if I misheard it. But that's what I think I heard, and I turned. I thought, what do you mean? Jax is the victim in the faith situation because she recorded it? Maybe she shouldn't have recorded it, but I don't know that he's the victim. Like, he fucked her on the bed with an old lady. (laughs) I don't think we should feel bad for him. Like, he cheated on his girlfriend to fuck Faith with an old lady in the bed. It was technically a threesome. I stand by that. It was a threesome. There was a three, three-way three sex. There was an old lady in the bed. She might not have been involved, but she was there sleeping, which is what I, which is what I would be doing in a three-way, too. I'd be the one sleeping. <laughs> if I was in a three-way, I would be asleep on the other side of the bed. Anyway, I don't think that he's the victim here. I think that he's the person who cheated on his girlfriend with a woman named Faith while an old lady slept in bed. So I just hope I heard that wrong. Anyway, then James says that Jax has made strides. So he does give Jax props here. And again, this is just like last week where it's like James apologizes, and yeah, he might not mean it, but at least he said it, and then everyone yells at him for saying it. It's like, well, what is he supposed to do? Like, he if he apologizes, then everyone goes after him and it's like, well, you don't fucking mean it. And then if he says Jax has grown, everyone's like, you don't fucking mean it. And then if he doesn't, then he's an asshole for not saying it. It's like, well, he literally can't win there. He really can't win. And I, whatever. Then James says he doesn't give a fuck about Stassi's book. And you guys, I read Stassi's book, Basic. I forget what it was called, but it was about being basic. And I think it was cute for what it was. Just want to let you know, I don't think I talked about it. Or not. I don't think I gave an official review of it, but I did read it. Very easy read, like a little beach read. You know, not a whole lot there, but... It's like, if you like, if you're into that, you know, it's a lot about like ranch. There's a lot of ranch dressing stuff, but it's cute for what it is. I thought then back at the reunion, we talk about Ariana and Lala's sex capade. Ariana says she's not ashamed. I'm really at this point, loving Ariana. I thought Tom was really winning the first part of this reunion. And then hearing Ariana, just not giving a shit about any of this. And then also, I don't think we talked about this last week, but Ariana was showing the scar from her surgery, from her uh, cancer scare. and. I thought that was just like a badass move to show a dress that, wear a dress that shows that scar. I thought a lot of people, myself included, I think I would be thinking, I need to cover it up. But she's like, look at this fucking thing. Like my battle scar. I just, I don't know. I like that. And especially anyone who's been through a cancer scare or cancer or any of that kind of stuff. I think it's so great when we could talk about those situations and the fact that she's so open and willing to talk about that, I think it's a brave thing. And so I really just love that. She chose a dress, if you noticed, it had the other shoulder was covered, but she had her scar shown. And I thought, good for you, girl. So I was really loving the two of them. Then Lala didn't want Tom involved in that threesome. So we found a little bit more out about this threesome. Apparently, Lala didn't want Tom there. Lala was asking for Tom's permission as he drove, and they treated him like an Uber driver. Then it was revealed that Lala told her mom, I ate Ariana's cookie last night. Wow. Wow, la la wow. I could not believe she told her mother. I mean, I don't talk about my sex capades with my mother, but every time I call, she's, uh, you know, ordering Genoa salami. <laughs> you know what, Dan? Hold on a second. I'm just going to order some salami. 
Just going to get some Genoa. Ma'am, can I just have some Genoa slot? You don't have any Genoa? How about some roast beef? I'll just get, you know, roast beef sliced a little thicker than the slime. A little thicker. Yeah. Just some roast beef, about three quarters of a pound or just under three quarters of a pound. Not over three quarters of a pound, just under three quarters of a pound. <laughs> My mom never wants anything like an exact me- measurement. She's like, just under three quarters of a pound. Like, what, why not three quarters of a pound? <laughs> just some Genoa salami. Anyway, I thought that was surprising. And look, let's see. Look, Brittany says she doesn't recall. Oh, this was interesting. You guys, I take detailed notes during all of these episodes when I record. And the notes are some... I wish I could publish. I should publish these in a book. Because sometimes these notes are so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so I wrote in my notes. Brittany says she doesn't recall if Kristen went down on her. But she remembers making out and boob stuff. <laughs> Where's my publishing deal? <laughs> I really think, wait, we really need, I feel like that should happen. Like, I feel like we need to publish these notes. Maybe one day I'll put them on Patreon or something because the notes are so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I print them and type them. So they're typed out. I'm going to do that. One. I'm going to put them on Patreon. If you guys, maybe you guys are like, who the fuck cares about your notes, Danny? But I feel like they'd be funny to read because it's just a line like that. Uh, you know how the Big Brother like surveillances us? Like one day Big Brother is going to get into my Word account where it just has my notes from Vanderpump Rules and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Arrest Danny. <laughs> Brittany says she doesn't recall if Kristen went down on her, but she remembers making out and boob stuff. Okay, so here's the thing about this situation. Last season, Brittany was afraid to admit that something happened between her and Kristen. Maybe it was two seasons ago. I don't recall. But Brittany was afraid to admit it. And this reunion, she did admit that some stuff happened. She remembers making out and some boob stuff, but she says she doesn't remember. So at this rate, in a season or two, Brittany's going to be like openly admitting that she fucked Kristen, right? We're all going to get to know the fact that, I, like, I'm certain of it. I'm not certain of a lot of things, but I am certain by season 10, Britt will admit that she fucked Kristen. <laughs> well, I fucked her. Like, that's just going to be... That's going to be a note in my season 10 notes. <laughs> well, a factor, says Brittany. Like, that'll just read in my word. <laughs> I'm certain it's going to happen. Anyway, then we cut to start talking about Ariana and Stassi's friendship. Ariana says she just got tired of not liking Stassi, which I get. Then Andy asked how they came up with that winter-themed birthday party. Let me just say that was my idea. I was very upset I did not get a shout out. Look, it's not their fault, but somebody over at Bravo should have put my name on the screen because they both admitted on my podcast, both Ariana and Stasi admitted that I tweeted that idea and they liked it. So let the record show that it was my idea. Andy literally asked it and no one said, Danny, I was livid. I was livid at both Stasi, Ariana, Andy, Bravo production, editors, whoever does the titles. I was mad at everyone. Like, somebody should have played the audio, play the audio from the podcast, play something, show my tweet on screen. I don't know, but it was my idea. And I will never forgive them. That's it. I will never forgive Bravo. Until next week. Anyway, then Andy talks about the celebrities at TomTom. This was exciting, too, because they were talking about Selena Gomez being there. I was like, I was there that night with Selena Gomez. So that was, that was exciting. But it was revealed that Jack showed Lady Gaga Britney's boobs. Where's that footage? I need that footage. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see Gaga's response to Britney's new boobs. I would like to see what Lala or what Lady Gaga was saying, what she looked like when Jack said that he paid for Britney's boobs. I want to see Lady Gaga's reaction because I don't think that she would really be that into the idea. Call me crazy. I don't think Lady Gaga would think it was great that Jack's paid for Britney's boobs when she moved out to LA. 
Then we got Kristen talking about the Daily Mail party. We got the flashback footage of Kristen crying in the bed with the dogs and the pasta, which was a five-star moment. <laughs> Loved it so much. And Kristen says, I think Lisa likes to hold on to, she was starting to say, hold on to things. Which was interesting to me. Then we get that amazing Romy Michelle, wow, wow, that Romy Michelle moment of Andy trying to get in the Tom Tom sidecar, which was so fucking funny. Tom Sandoval said, I'm not a motorcycle guy, but I'm a motorcycle sidecar guy, <laughs> which I want on a pillow. <laughs> And it seemed very planned. Andy was like, I'm going to go to Tom Tom on the bike. It seemed very scripted. And I thought I was going to hate that moment at first. And then all of a sudden, I was like, this is the best moment of the whole fucking show. Look out, Tucson. Look out, Tom Tom. Here we come. I just wish they could have played the Footloose song. Do you remember in Romeo and Michelle, they would play the Footloose? So it'd be like, everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut, everybody cut. And then the car would shop, stop. <laughs> God, I love that movie. One of the greatest movies of our time. Hope your babies look like monkeys. Anyway, then Andy has to walk back to the studio. He has to walk back to the studio. And still, like, even throughout this moment, I was thinking Tom Sandoval's winning this reunion for me and this season. I'm just loving him. I'm loving him. I think this whole season I was really loving Tom. Then we cut to Katie. Andy says about Katie, uh, Katie, is it hypocritical? You know, he's saying, are you being hypocritical that you asked for an ultimatum? Now, they've all alluded that James has done worse stuff off camera. I don't know if they really alluded to it in this reunion, but we've heard it on different podcasts and stuff. The cast members have alluded to the fact that there's worse things James has done than what we've seen on camera. And I want to know what those things are. Specifically, I want them written down, and I want a full report so I could decide for myself. I need a full Mueller report. (laughs) I need to know exactly what happens. So then Tom starts to kind of stick up for James again, and then everyone starts yelling at him, and then Ariana's like, let me translate. And then she translates for Tom. And I imagine she has to do this all the time in life. You know, they're at the grocery store, and Tom is talking to the cashier or something, and I'm certain Ariana has to be like, let me translate. This is what Tom means. She's just Tom's personal translator, and I would love to see that. I would love to see them going in grocery stores, the DMV, wherever they got to go together. I would like to see that. Show me the footage. Then Andy had one of my favorite lines of this whole reunion. He says, Schwartz, when Katie told you James called her fat, you didn't seem that upset. (laughs) First of all, like, what a line. Let me read it again. Schwartz, when Katie told you James called her fat, you didn't seem that upset. Now, if that was my husband, and somebody was saying, look, your husband wasn't that upset when someone called you fat, I would be livid at my husband. <laughs> I would be so mad. But that line, when Katie told you James called her fat, you didn't seem that upset. I mean, come on. Then we find out that Katie called James anorexic. Now, I don't remember this on screen. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. But I was very surprised about this. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, sometimes they just wash over us. I feel like I have so much information in my head from these shows. That's why I have to take these detailed notes, because so much information running around up there, I can't remember it all, right? Like, sometimes we lose some of the information. I consider myself a Bravo historian, but there are times certain scenes or whatever slip out, you know, because I do keep... I do keep the all-timer scenes in my head, but something like Katie calling James anorexic, I don't remember. I don't recall. So I'm curious if it happened on camera. I didn't recall seeing the flashback footage, but, you know, sometimes I get things wrong. On this podcast, I try my best. You all DM me when I get something wrong. (laughs) Believe me, I hear from... I always just recommend, like, if 
if you're about to DM me because you think I got something wrong on the podcast, just know that probably a bunch of other people DM me. Sometimes if I get something wrong, it's just like hundreds of messages. Not, not, that sounds cocky, but it's a lot of messages of people being like, you got that wrong. People get really upset. Anyway, I apologize. My apologies. I try to keep it all in line in my head, but sometimes I forget these details. Anyway, then Tom says, my Tommy. Tommy, can you hear me? I call him my Tommy. My Thomas. Thomas says, Tom Sandoval, of course, says, you're all fucking hypocrites. He says that you're all fucking hypocrites. My Tommy, hearing him say that, you're all fucking hypocrites, which is all of us at home, we've been thinking this whole reunion. We've all been thinking that. Despite what team you're on, if you're on Team James or Team Katie or Team Brittany or Jack, whoever's team you're on, I think we've all been at home. Every last one of us, this is what's uniting us. We've all been yelling at the TV screen. You're all fucking hypocrites. So to hear my Tommy say that, my Thomas, just saying, you're all fucking hypocrites. Wow, I stood up and I clapped. I clapped. I said, bravo, Tom. I stand, Thomas. Bravo, my Thomas. <laughs> my love. Like Yolanda Foster. My love. My love, Tommy. Anyway, I was just very happy with him. I was. I just would like us all to recognize Tom. Tommy Thomas. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about Billy Lee. Billy Lee shows up. Andy calls her brunch master general, Billy Lee. Um, what the fuck? What the fuck, Andy? Brunch master general, Billy Lee. What? Who wrote that? Somebody wrote that on his card. Brunch Master General Billy Lee. Let's all sit in that for a second. Brunch Master General Billy Lee. Now she's he's just giving her these titles. I would like next season when Billy Lee's on the show, I'd like that to show up on the screen. Brunch Master General Billy Lee. Just put it on the screen. Put it on the lower third. Give her a title card. Then Billy Lee talks about dating, wanting a baby, and hooking up with Max. Wow, Billy Lee, wow. I was so surprised about this. And what I was even more excited about was the fact that it's mentioned that LVP could be Billy Lee's mother-in-law. I need that series. I know some of you don't like Billy Lee, but I would like to see a series where it's just Billy Lee integrating into the Vanderpump family. Don't show me Pandora on that series, or Ken. <laughs> I'd like that to be a spinoff, just without Pandora or Ken. <laughs> just don't show them. But I love it. LVP and Billy Lee. I mean, have you heard of anything better? I want Billy Lee to have LVP as a mother-in-law. I would like to have her as a mother-in-law, to be honest. I think it'd be a fun MIL. Then they discuss girls' night. So, look, that whole girls' night situation, which happened earlier in the season where they didn't include Billy Lee, I understood both sides. And I feel like Billy Lee got too much flack for this. And I understood what Billy Lee was saying. Like, she felt excluded because gay LGBT. Q people often grow up feeling excluded. So even when something happens that not necessarily is exclusion, but feels like exclusion, it can be very triggering. And so I always felt bad about that whole thing. I felt like Billy was trying to explain that and maybe wasn't able to. And it wasn't about the other people. It was about how Billy was feeling. So I, look, don't yell at me. I just, that's how I felt. I thought she got too much flack for that. Then they all yell at Billy Lee. And again, it's not about them, it's about her feelings, about feeling excluded. Then James chimes in to say that See You Next Tuesday was sold out every time. Now, here's the thing I went to See You Next Tuesday once, and there were no tickets. People pointed that out on the reunion stage. I said, There's no tickets bought. How did it sell out? And I was thinking that at home. What are you, fuck, are you talking about sell out? Like, there was no tickets. No one took a ticket at the door. 
you just walk the fuck into Sur and then you're there. You got your seat. There's no seats or anything. You just are there. And I don't know how they would know that to sell out because they don't turn people away at the door. I was there on a very busy see you next Tuesday and it was busy. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like there wasn't room inside the place or there was tickets being sold. But I like that he said it, <laughs> that he just threw that new fact out there. Then we see some Lala versus Billy Lee. Lala says, it's a waste of my time to school people in life. And I'm not liking Lala this season at all. And then we start talking about Lala losing her dad and how she was acting. And Ariana says that everyone was mean to her when her dad passed away back in season three. And she says, Jax said Ariana can't play the dad card. And look, everyone was an asshole to Ariana when her dad died. And now, just because a few of the cast members have lost someone close to them, it's like they're getting all of these passes. I feel like Ariana's the only one who makes any sense. I just feel like she's the only one that is like, makes sense. Tom was. Tom, my Tommy was, too. <laughs> but Ariana, I feel like, is an intelligent human being. She's a very intelligent human being. And my experience talking with her is that she's an actually very intelligent human being. But she's the only one who I think, like, is self-aware, maybe? I don't know if that's the right term. I feel like she's self-aware, though. Like, she gets it all. Even when she's maybe being an asshole or something, I think she gets that she's being an asshole. Does that make sense? Whereas some of the other people, they might be an asshole, but I don't think they get that they're being an asshole. I think Ariana, she gets it. She's like, okay, I know I'm being that. Which we can all be that way. But I think she's a self-aware person, which a self-aware person, I think, is very intelligent. Anyway. Then uh, Billy Lee says that Lala is the Donald Trump of Sir. I don't want to think about politics in this show. Like, I don't want my politics to come into Vanderpump Rules. I know maybe that's selfish of me, or maybe that's ignorant a little bit, but I don't want the politics to come in. LVP wore a lot of red. She looked like a magician. I wrote that in my notes. She was wearing that like red sparkly thing, which she wore red in the finale episode. We didn't talk about it. She's wearing a lot of red. For someone who loves pink, she's wearing a lot of red, and it's just surprising. And at this reunion, I feel like it was a little bit like a magician's outfit. She was maybe going to do some magic. <laughs> Pull a rabbit out of the hat. Would have been great. Then uh, Billy Lee implies Lala was on something that day. Was on something that day. I'm so endlessly fascinated by drug use on these shows and whether or not it happens. I think we've all had our suspicions about drug use. I was so surprised on my podcast when Hannah from Summer House had said that they were doing Adderall on the show. And I was so surprised about that. I don't know if it was. True, she had later come out and tweeted that it was just a joke, but it didn't seem like a joke to me. But I always wonder, because we all watch these shows and we think, how can they drink so much and, and then keep going and drink the next morning? So it was interesting to me that Billy Lee implies it, and I would like a tell-all. That's I want the next Vanderpump Rules book to be a tell-all. I want to know, like, each scene, I want them to say, like, that person was doing that, and that person was doing that. That's what I want. Like a tell-all book, or, I don't know, or tell-all TV special. Give me a special. Then Kristen chimes in. Kristen kept chiming in. She was trying to get her moments, and I appreciate that. She's trying to get her moments in there, and she was doing a good job. Then we got a little flashback of Tom and Ariana moving into the new house, and I had totally forgot about that scene where their microwave and their air conditioning in their old house wouldn't work together. <laughs> what the fuck? Made me laugh so hard. And then we saw them in the new house. It was totally stage scripted and whatever of them putting on the air in the microwave. But it made me laugh so hard. And we see the new house. And I am excited to see all their new houses on the show. It's going to be a different show. Like, they're going to have to do something. I don't know what. But everyone's moving to the valley. And Jackson and Brittany at the reunion reveal they're having babies right away. And Katie and Tom want to have babies too. 
Brittany says, I got plenty of rooms for the babies in her new house. I think it's going to be very triggering, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word, but very hard to watch them with kids, particularly Jackson and Brittany, because we know so much of their past. And I think it'll be compelling TV, but also I think it'll be kind of tough. I mean, I'm happy that they want kids. Okay, let's take a little break here, and then we'll come back and finish this reunion recap. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Then we have a little segment about Lala's drinking. And then James says he's not drinking. And then we have some more drug use accusations. So my Thomas says that James mixes alcohol with other things, uppers. And then my Thomas says, uppers are your kryptonite. James gets really angry, really angry at Tom for saying that. Which I get, Tom was basically alluding that. I mean, when he meant uppers, did he mean, like, cocaine or something? I'm not good with drug stuff. Like, I don't really understand. (laughs) People DM me sometimes, they're like, uh, that person was on cocaine. And I'm like, what? Or somebody was just telling me, like, they had coke jaw. Not about this show, about another show. They were like, didn't you see that guy with coke jaw? And I was like, what the fuck's coke jaw? Anyway, I'm learning. But the point is, James got really mad. And then they start arguing. And Andy says to James, why are you so angry today? Why are you so angry? And then James just starts lashing out more. And it's like, just like when I'm on James's side, then he starts lashing out. And I'm like, oh, you're being an ass. But that's James. But he says to Stassi that 
he, she needs to stop playing with her ugly extensions. And then he says, you make enough money for better extensions. And she's like, actually, they're, I like my extensions. And other people are like, people are like her extensions. And then James says, wait till we see what Twitter says. And now I'm curious. I'm recording this, so I'm not able to see like what people are saying. But now I want to know what people are saying about Stassi's extensions. What, what's the verdict? I thought they were fine. I'm not a good fashion person, though. Like, I shouldn't have any room to talk about fashion. I wear the same, I have, like, the same outfits that I wear. I buy, like, one shirt I buy ten of, just so I can keep wearing it if I like it. Not a fashion maven. But I'm curious what Twitter says. Then we cut to James saying he needs alcohol for his job and his social anxiety. And look, I actually understood this, because... It must be very hard for any of them to be at Sir or any of these places. I have extreme anxiety, and I think if I was in the cast and I went to Sir and I had a million people being like, can I take a picture of you? And then also kind of like making fun. Because we all go and we want the picture with them, and then we also kind of make fun of them behind their backs. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the nature of reality TV. But I feel like it must be so anxiety-inducing to be in any of those Vanderpump restaurants as a cast member on the show. And then have all of these people ask to take photos. And first of all, you're thinking, like, well, do I look okay in the photo? Because they're going to post it everywhere. And then to know that, like, after they take the photo, they're going to be saying, oh, that person's an asshole. Or I can't believe that person said that. Or whatever. Or they look, that person looks fat. Or that person looks too skinny. Or whatever. Because we all do it. That's, no, I'm not proud of it. But we all do that. So I feel like I would be so anxious. And I would need the alcohol. I would. Then... Kristen chimes in with something, and then Andy even calls out Kristen. Kristen, why are you chiming in every time I say something? And he actually called her out, and I like that. But I do love my Kristen. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I've been trying to get Kristen on the show, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Anyway. Then James says, I fucking hate you people. And I wrote that in my notes because it was a very important quote. James says, I fucking hate you people. And he does. I don't think he likes these people at all, and they don't like him. That's where we're at at a crossroads for this show, because... James doesn't like these people. He fucking hates them. I fucking hate you people. That's what he said. And we know Brittany does too. He talked about my family, Tom. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. He's talking about my family, Tom. My family. family. Talked about my family. <laughs> then LVP says the perception of James would be 100% negative if we didn't show his family. Now the rest of the cast says, well, look, you didn't show anything with the rest of our families. And Lisa says, well, look, James would look terrible, completely terrible, if we didn't show his family. And I like that they just acknowledged that, because that was breaking the fourth wall a bit. Lisa just openly acknowledging. They had to show James's family, or else the audience would be totally against him. So then Katie says his parents got divorced. Boo-hoo. She says she's been through shit. And I didn't think this was a good look for Katie at all. I mean, saying, oh, your parents got divorced. Boo-hoo. I thought, ugh. You're not doing yourself any favors, Katie. She says, where was my sympathy? And I actually think if they would have just pointed out that they showed James's family and didn't show the rest of their families, I think they wouldn't have had to say, they should have just, which I get must have been hard, but they should have just sat back and said, okay, look, they showed James's family, they didn't show our families, so that, of course, you're going to be sympathetic to him. I just think they all should have just kind of closed their mouth with that one, and they would have looked better. But all of them saying, well, look, I had Katie saying, you know, I had this happen to me, and he just had his parents divorced. I thought, ugh, it was just not a good look. And then Kristen said his family's a bunch of cheap bastards, assholes. Look, here's the thing. They're all kind of punching down, right? James is 10 years younger than a lot of them, and he is a 
fucking mess. He is. In a lot of ways, he's a mess. But when they're yelling at Raquel and they're yelling at James, it doesn't feel like a fair fight. And so it feels like they're punching down. Like they're, it feels like bullying. And I think that's why so many of the audience is on James's side, despite the fact that he said such horrendous things that if he had said to me, I would be horrified. I'd be crying on the floor of the shower for the rest of time. Brittany says, he called my family hillbillies. <laughs> then we end. James walks off. Brittany yells, he called my family hillbillies. Then we end. Next time we meet Bo, you guys, I met Bo at Countess. I didn't tell you guys this, but at Countess and Friends, hashtag Countess and Friends, Bo was there. And first of all, I saw him like in the audience just having the time of his life. And you know, I've been skeptical of Bo, but when I saw him at Countess and Friends having so much fun while Lou was singing Money Can't Buy You Class, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when I saw Bo just having the time of his life, I was like, you know what? I like this person. And then there was like a little after party thing and Bo was in there and he was so excited to be there with Lou. And I kind of, was really, I liked Bo, and you know I've been very skeptical of And I don't know, I didn't have like a full-blown conversation with him or anything. I liked how much he loved Countess. It made it feel like he was one of us. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, next week we also get to talk about Tom's dick. Schwartz dick. Whew, this reunion, I'm loving it, you guys. I know it's a lot. And I know it's dramatic, and I know it's volatile. But I think it's thrilling. Five-star TV, in my opinion. I think it's great. So that's the episode. Now, I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support this show, go to Patreon.com slash Everything Iconic. Click Become a Patron. And if you pledge $4 or more per month, you get the bonus episodes. More importantly, you have to support this show. I'm doing one bonus episode a month. And I have a very special bonus going up. I had some of the podcasting Avengers over, if you will. Like some of the best podcasters, people I look up to, were over here the other day to watch Wine Country on Netflix. And I made them all record with me afterwards because I was like, I can't have you all here and we can't record. So we recorded a little Vanderpump Rules after show, if you will. So we were all drinking a lot of wine. And it was uh, Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens. I mean, one of the funniest podcasts around. Come on. They're like bravo geniuses. I love them so, so much. So hilarious. And I had Annabelle DeSisto from Adderall and Compliments. Again, Truly one of the best joke writers, joke tellers I've ever met in my life. She's so funny. Hannah Brown, who's been on this show before. She has a show called Brown-Eyed Unicorn. Another one of the funniest person I've ever met. Funniest people I've ever met. And Adam Slandra, who's my friend, who's been on this show before. I love him. The five of us, or is that five people? Yeah. <laughs> six people. The six of us sat around and we just recorded a little thing about Vanderpump Rules. I'm going to put that on Patreon for all the Patreon people. So go listen to that there. I think it's really... Uh, it was a really fun chat, and we were hopped up on wine. It was after the movie, and we had all been drinking a lot of rosé. So that's over on Patreon. If you pledge $4 or more per month, you get access to that. And I love you all so much for listening. Let's do our little some breathing exercises. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Now think. Well, let's breathe out. Now, I mentioned online, I've been seeing, like, especially when I post a meme about Vanderpump Rules or something, people have very aggressive opinions and ang- they're feeling very fired up. And I just would like to encourage everyone to maybe reach out online this week and where you would normally write something about how you hate one of the people on Vanderpump Rules or Housewives or whatever reality TV show you watch. Maybe find something you like about one of those people. Maybe if you really love, 
Stasi or James or or one of the housewives. Maybe write on their Instagram or tweet them just something nice. Say, you know, you really liked Stasi's extensions. Or say, look, Kyle Richards, I love when you do the splits. Just reach out and say something nice because I feel like all of us, myself included, we always want to just say the things that we hate. So I would just like to encourage us all to maybe say something you like about one of these shows or one of these people somewhere online, maybe within the next week. I love you all so much for listening. Maybe some of you are saying, shut the fuck up, Danny, but I love you. <laughs> um, all the love in the world I'm sending your way, and let's take us out with a song. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.